full disclosure, we're all drinking wine tonight for probably different reasons. Uh, before we started, I did ask Lydia if she wanted to borrow one of my wine glasses, and she said, no, I'm drinking straight for the, from the bottle. So my question for you tonight, uh, why is Lydia drinking straight from the bottle? Um, I'm going to start, since I just kind of uh, threw this at you guys, um, she's really distraught because Stitch has been canceled. He was he was caught on tape at a uh, at a downtown club um, saying some really really vile nasty racist <laughs> things. Um, yeah, <laughs> Tabitha. <laughs> She's been cast in Cats, but caveat: she has to play Taylor Swift's cat in the movie Cats, and she has to sing exactly like Taylor Swift. <laughs> <laughs> Uh. <laughs> Matt, <laughs> mine's not nearly as uh, elaborate as everybody else's. I was going to say that she saw the uh, first picture of Nicolas Cage as Dracula in the Renfield movie. <laughs> so, Lydia, <laughs> why are you drinking straight from the bottle tonight? <laughs> well, right now it's because of those answers. But, uh... <laughs> <sighs> I mean, you know, sometimes it's just it's just not worth the dishes. It's not worth the extra water you're wasting to wash the cup out later. Just 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 save yourself the trouble and if you're having a rough day, which, you know, I already have been, just just skip the whole whole worry about it and just just drink straight from the bottle. And then recycle it. Then you then you're good. Wise words from Lydia, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> You're listening to The Geek Awakens with Mitch, Matt, Tabitha, Lydia, and Ticket. All right. Uh, got a big week. Um, we are going to start off with the pull list. Uh, the first book we're going to talk about tonight is Armor Clads Number One. It's out now from Valiant, uh, written by J.J. O'Connor and Brian uh, and Brian Busoletto, with art by Manuel Garcia. So, in a distant solar system, advanced mechs called Armor Clads fight wars and uh, build worlds alongside construction class mechs known as Ironclads uh, that are piloted by genetically engineered workers. When an Ironclad needlessly dies. The others uh, start a revolt and uncover mysteries. Um, I was really excited about this book, and towards the end of it, I got a, a I regained a little bit of that. However, those first couple of pages, like I, I know that we've talked a bunch, like especially Tabitha, how much you hate being just dropped off in the middle of the world, and that doesn't always bother me, but it bothered me with this one. Um, I had no real idea who was who, what was going on, um, and I really wanted that. I, I want to care about these characters, especially you know the, these ironclads. Um, it's it, it, it's interesting why they are you know the way they are, and they're they're like the the head or whatever of this organization. Is telling them that, you know, oh, you're not slaves and, you know, like, one day you'll be free and all this and that. 
but I want to know. I, I wanted to know what's going on. You know, like it's with this book. It was kind of like it was making me. It, it was expecting me to care about these characters without putting in the work to make me care about these characters. In my in my opinion, um, man, like like I said, I I, I want to like this. Uh, I think when issue two comes out, I'm gonna give it another chance, uh, just to kind of hopefully get a, a little bit more of that backstory. But um, but yeah, like it's yeah those, those first couple pages just I don't want to say they were rough because they weren't bad, but it's just like it's almost like issue one was meant to be like issue three, you know? Um, Matt, what'd you think? Um, I kind of have to agree with you. There was definitely, it almost seemed like a time jump there in the first couple of pages. Um, it's almost like that was meant to be an opening scene to introduce you to like the weirdness of the world that you're entering. Um, and you kind of got that, but then it jumped to the characters that you're supposed to get to know and care about. And it was it was it was a little jarring, and then it took a few more pages to kind of get reacclimated to what was going on. I really like the art. Um, I I think it overall, like down the road, it could be really interesting and play out well. But I think I have to agree that it's a it's kind of a bumpy start to um, to what could be an interesting storyline. Um, the other thing I will say is I will give them. 3,000 points of credit for actually coming up with an original name for the material that they use to uh, build worlds in these armor clads, the pure. That's way better than other people who made more money come up with. And once again, Matt continues his fights, fight with an obtainium. <laughs> I didn't mention it. I didn't say it. You didn't, didn't have, have to, to mention it, Matt. We all knew. People who have literally never listened to this podcast before and just are checking out for the first time knew what you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, that's fair. Mm-hmm. Are you going to see uh, Avatar 2 in the theaters when it comes out this no, year? Is it coming no. out this year? Who knows? I I, I'm idea. still I'm still mad that there might be a possibility that this trailer is coming in front of Doctor Strange. I don't even want to see the trailer. <laughs> Matt's going to get up and leave the theater. <laughs> I was going to say, he's either going to leave the theater or he's going to close his eyes, plug his ears, and just like mm. loudly go like... <laughs> la 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 the entire time. That's probably more likely. Yeah. <laughs> Tabitha, what'd you think? I am. I'm adding people in mech suits to my list of things that I'm not reading about anymore. So do not assign me any more of these. This was like Pacific Rim, Avatar, and <sighs> Starship Troopers had a baby. But the baby was inbred. Like it's just, <laughs> oh my God. it's just it's such a mess. Like it was full of chaos. And like I I I knew page one. I was like, I'm not gonna like this. There was just it was too chaotic. There was not enough story. There was just too much happening. They didn't give me anything. They dropped me off into the middle of it. And I I'm I was I I finished it. I read it, but I skim read the majority of it. Because the art was stressing me out. Um, I'm tired of people in mech suits. No more mech suits for Tabitha. This is a mech suit free zone. (laughs) (laughs) So uh, the other book we're going to talk about tonight is the Quick and Easy Guide to Asexuality. Um, It is out March 30th from Oni Press, written by Molly Muldoon. Yeah, Muldoon, I'm sorry. And uh, with art by Will Hernandez. So... There are a lot of questions about asexuality. Uh, thankfully, Molly and Will have a couple of aces up their sleeve. 
and sure. have the answers. That pun was 100% me, and I loved it. <laughs> Proud of you. Thanks. Mm-hmm. Um, Matt, what'd you think? This was this was fantastic. This was great. Um, it was informative. It was entertaining. It was intellectual. Um, it, the art was simple. It didn't need to have a whole lot of art. Um, and this was also one of those things where being so informative, it could have very easily gotten bogged down in the dialogue. It could have been very, very, very wordy. Um, and it really wasn't, but was still enough to... I don't know, give the information to give clarity, to answer questions almost before you could ask them. Um, I, overall, it was just, it was fantastic. I really love this. Tabitha, what about you? Yeah, this was super informative, but it wasn't informative in like a, like a preachy way. Like it was informative in like a, I just felt like I sat through a really fun webinar kind of way. Like there were, they were like doing like a question answer thing, but they were answering your questions like Matt said before you knew you had the question and it was broken down into great sections and like they addressed every issue that I could have possibly think like thought about um I also liked the simplicity of the art because it did it felt like you were just watching two people on a stage have a conversation and that's how you were learning but they did it in a kind of a fun quirky way and like some of the little like side jokes that they were making were just like oh didn't see you there like it was just fun and cute and it was also super informative I really liked it yeah um I I I enjoyed it um I I super informative uh I agree with you. I loved how the art was really simplistic. Uh, my biggest problem was the fact that Will was wearing jeans and sandals. It's just not ever a good look. Um, <laughs> it bothered me a couple times, not going to lie. There are two kinds of people because <laughs> I didn't even notice. Nope. <laughs> but that was, but for me, that was one of the cool things because of how simplistic the, the art style was. You know, I was able to focus on Will's feet. That sounded weird. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but uh but no, but like you know it it allowed you to, you know, look at details and yeah. everything like that. Um I think that you know this type of book and I know that Oni Press has put out other quick and easy guides before. Uh this is the first one that I've read. Uh and yeah, I thought that it was super informative. Uh not necessarily just for kids. I think, you know, like teens young adults you know people who are still figuring themselves out can really really benefit from something like this so mm-hmm. yeah like huge huge props this was this was really really well done i will openly admit that i definitely learned some things reading through this so mm-hmm. Same. so uh we have a couple of trailers for trailer takedown tonight uh we have ms marvel versus where the crawdads sing now, Matt, you came. Uh, you brought both of these to mm. our attention. However, I want to start with Tabitha tonight because these are two properties that you've talked about a lot over the years. Um, I feel like this trailer takedown was tailor made for you. Was it um, <laughs> tailor made? Is that a Taylor Swift soundtrack joke? <laughs> Maybe. Um, <laughs> if not, it is now. Um, so I've been waiting on Miss Marvel to come to the screen in some format for a very long time. Uh, since I read the first like trade of the Miss Marvel comics, I was I was hooked. I love the character. I love the side characters. I love the quirky humor. I like the quirky 
family and the representation and all of it. And when I knew Disney was taking this over, I was kind of worried they were going to mess it up. So far, Disney Plus has not messed anything up. I have my own feelings about Hawkeye and WandaVision, but they didn't mess it up. I just didn't like them. This does not look like they've messed it up. This almost looks like they've made it better. Like, I felt like a little kid sitting on the floor, like stars in my eyes watching the trailer for this. So I'm pretty stoked about it. Um, Where the Crawdads Sing is a book for people who don't read books. And I have not read this book because everybody and their dog kept talking about it and talking about it and talking about it. And I just kind of sometimes when you tell me to do something, I like do the exact opposite of it you guys remember the stranger things trailer situation (laughs) from a couple years ago like if if people tell me to do something Mm. enough times i just kind of shut down and don't do it so i've kind of shut down about where the crawdads sing and then reese witherspoon had to be like oh my god i'm gonna make a movie and then i was like damn you reese witherspoon because now i have to watch it (laughs) and i will have to read the book because i can't watch the movie without reading the book but now that I've seen the trailer, I'm almost more intrigued, not less intrigued, but I also know I'm going to be annoyed. <clears throat> so like, it's just it's a weird, weird place to be, but I'm going to give two points to Where the Crawdads Sing and eight points to Miss Marvel. One of the things I really loved about the Miss Marvel trailer, actually, there were two things I really, really loved about it. Um, one, their use of that one weekend song. Um, I already don't remember which one it is, but uh, but yeah, their use of that one. And then also, like in the very beginning, how when um, Kamala is talking with what like her guidance dean or whatever <laughs> and you know, like they they're like showing like the speech bubbles, like it's a comic book, and it's like it's like that is really cool. Like, I am sure that I've seen that, you know, before, but it was just like, not completely original, but like, newly original, if that kind of makes sense. Um, But, I mean, that, that aside, the rest of the trailer was really cool. Um, Yeah, it's, when they first uh, announced this, I was like, I wonder if, you know, this is going to be, you know, like, for me, am, am I, too far away from the the target market for this uh for this show but i'm not it's, <laughs> <laughs> it looks super cool um and even as somebody who's not super familiar with uh with the character i've read i i think i was reading ms marvel for a little bit of time um and it's not that i disliked it it's just y'all know my pull list is way too big um but uh but yeah like i don't know it just like it was it was really cool really exciting um, I do really hope that there's a large section of people who are ignorant to, um, to this character who think that the only reason her name is Kamala is because of the vice president. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I, as much as I hate reading stupid people on Twitter and social media in general, um, I kind of am excited to see that. <laughs> <laughs> Where the crawdads sing, um, this movie is definitely not for me, um, and I know that kind of almost makes me sound. Uh, oh, who's um, who's the big filmmaker that that hates the MCU? I mean, there Scorsese. are a lot of them. Scorsese. Scorsese. Scorsese thank you. 
Um, it makes me sound like uh, Scorsese's, you know, biggest enemy um, because I just I go back and forth. Like the trailer, like yeah, it looks like it looks like it's gonna win awards, but it's like I don't know. I just like hey, yeah, it's it it's definitely a movie. Um, <laughs> I feel like I should have given Where the Crawdads Sing more points, uh, but I am giving seven to Ms. Marvel and three to Where the Crawdads Sing. Um, Matt. Um, the I know that there's some people on the internet that are already mad about the tweaking of uh, Ms. Marvel's powers as far as the show goes. And I know that we had also talked about how when this was first going to happen, we, again, like Mitch said, we're wondering if this, if we were going to be too old for the target audience for this show. And I, I have to agree with Mitch. The answer is definitely a resounding no. Um, this looks fun. It looks awesome. Um, it looks lighthearted and heartfelt at the same time. Um, it, it's going to be fun to watch her discover these powers and navigate life. Um, <clears throat> also, huge bonus point for the very end of the trailer where it mimics that cover where she's sitting on the streetlight um, with mm. her mm-hmm. uh, scarf blowing in the wind. I thought that was a fantastic touch. And then just reminiscent of one of those things that Marvel has continued to do with all of these shows and movies. Um, where the crowd had sing, it was all right. Um, the trailer does a fairly good job as far as introducing you to what's going on, but it feels like an old school John Grisham movie, like the Pelican brief without the attorneys <laughs> or the courtroom. And I don't know how I feel about that. <laughs> was it the Pelican for you? <laughs> No, I have have nothing against Pelicans. I don't know. (laughs) Except for the fact that they're a stupid mascot for a basketball team. Um, I'm going to go with eight points for Ms. Marvel and two for where the crawdads sing. Lydia. So I'm I'm the outlier here, I guess. Um, Ms. Marvel did not catch my attention like a lot of the Marvel movies do. And in fact, like, while it was cute, the whole like thought bubble comic thing at the beginning bugged me more than anything. And I think it kind of gave me, gave me vibes like when they did like the diary of the Wimpy kid movies, mm. which then just instantly annoyed me. Um, <laughs> overall, just like it didn't grab me like I wanted it to. I, I wanted to care about the character even in the trailer and I just didn't. So maybe that just makes me a bad person. I don't know. <laughs> um, where the crawdads sing, I didn't expect to like be drawn into, but I am intrigued. It looks dark and suspenseful, and I apparently am all about that nowadays. Uh, <laughs> my newfound passion for horror movies and stuff like that, I guess. Um, so I'm going to be the weird one, and I'm going to give six to Where the Crawdads Sing and uh, four to Miss Marvel. All right, well, with a score of 25 to 15, Ms. Marvel wins this round of Trailer Takedown. And we are going to start uh, Gut Reaction. Oof! Gut Reaction! And we're going to start tonight with Lydia. Uh, You have some Misha Collins casting news? I do. So, for um, Gotham Knights, which is a another spinoff uh, series that's going to be coming soon. Um, they have announced that Misha Collins is going to be playing the Batman villain Harvey Dent or Two-Face. 
Um, I am super excited about this. I love Misha Collins anyway. Um, but he tweeted about uh, the casting news saying, I've asked if my version of the character could be wearing a beige trench coat over the gray suit. I'm not just not sure I'll be comfortable in front of a camera without one. Aww. Hashtag new TV gig. Hashtag Gotham Knights. So... I know nothing about like any of the series that this is based around because I haven't watched like any of the DC series lately. I now want to watch this one just because of Misha Collins. <laughs> so huge thumbs up for getting me to want to watch a DC series. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm kind of scared to say this right next to Lydia and I don't know if I'm going to be able to say this around everybody else either. But not only have I not seen any Supernatural, um, I also don't think I've seen anything that Misha Collins has been in because for a very long time, I thought Misha Collins was a girl's name. Um, (laughs) So, yeah. Um, So I can't speak on his acting abilities, but I'm going to give this a thumbs up on looks alone. He looks like he's going to be a real good Two-Face. Tabitha. I'm also going to give this a thumbs up on looks alone, but it has nothing to do with Two Face. <laughs> <laughs> I knew I liked you. <laughs> what's what's he gonna be wearing under that trench coat? Doesn't um, matter. <laughs> Matt. Um so I'm not quite as bad as Mitch as far as not having seen any supernatural. I think I saw maybe a season when it first started. But there's like 23 seasons now, so it's a long ways to catch up. Um, so I never got to any of the points where Misha Collins was part of the series. Um, but as far as looking like he could be and present as Harvey Denton Two-Face, um, I, th- I think it should go well. Um, I'm still very cautious about this series as being a CW property when Gotham Knights has kind of been a darker bat family story so we'll see how that goes um but as far as the casting goes i think this is i think this is gonna be great so thumbs up so isaac isaac oscar isaac there we go uh was recently interviewed by the hollywood reporter and he mentioned that he was hesitant to do moon knight uh he said that he wanted to take a break after star wars and go back and to go back to uh, like smaller films character studies uh, but then Moonlight, Moonlight, goodness, guys. <laughs> it's fine. Um, Moon Knight came his way. And at first he kind of thought that it wasn't the right time. It wasn't the right thing to do. But then he said that there was just something about Steven's character that just was just speaking to him. And so he went on to do like more, you know, studied not only into the character itself, but also, um, you know, just like the the disorder that Stephen has, you know, dissociative personality disorder, whatever. Um, but yeah, so he was just kind of like drawn to that. Uh, I give this a thumbs up. I'm so excited for this for this show to come out. And the the more that I hear about that kind of stuff, it's like the more that like I am expecting Oscar Isaac to do just a fantastic job. Tabitha. Yeah, it almost at that point feels like he's method acting it, and that always turns out super well, so thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, I don't really have anything to add, but I think, again, this is going to be great, and this is one of those things like his acting chops in a role like this, he's really going to be able to like pour himself into it, so thumbs up. Lydia. See, I'm kind of mirroring you on this, because I don't really have a clue who this guy is, 
but I'm all for someone like being so involved in a character that they actually dig into like the psyche of that character. So thumbs up for that. Uh, Tabitha, let's go to the main island library. Um, in very unrelated news, I'm moving. Um, <laughs> <laughs> so the tiny library on Matakinis Island, which is 22 miles off the main coast, is trying to fill its shelves with books that have fallen out of favor. So they are looking for all banned books or books that have been canceled in other parts of the country. Um, the Islanders previously had just traded books among themselves because it's a island with only about 100 year-round residents. And they had just traded books among themselves. But in 2016, they ended up creating a grassroots library out of a donated storage shed. And in 2020, they added a second shed for a children's library from with a grant from the Stephen and Tabitha King Foundation. So there's no librarian. The patrons just borrow books using the honor system, and the books are checked out by writing the book's name in a notebook by the door. Um, like I said, they're only 100-year-round residents. They have a live-and-let-live tolerance and appreciation for distance. Or differences is essential. Distance. Yeah, also that. <laughs> Same. Yeah. Um, like I said, in other news, I'm moving. Um, this is great. They're, like, asking for donations and requests. You can mail them or you can, you know, whatever. But I think at some point they're going to get over overrun by their amount of donated books. But, yeah. They're looking for all those banned books. You don't like them, you can ship them to this island. It's kind of like the Island of Lost Toys, but now it's the Island of Lost Books. I'm giving it a thumbs up. This is fun. Matt. That's great. Um, if, if you don't want them in your library, send them there. They'll take them in op- with loving open arms. So thumbs up. Lydia. I love this. This is awesome. Like I am imagining, though, with only like 100-person residents that all these donations are going to get, there's going to be more books than there are people and there's just going to be nowhere for these people to live anymore <laughs> unless they just like build their houses and their furniture out of books but i support it so once you move let me know because i'm gonna come visit and we're gonna just hang out it's gonna be great um thumbs up <laughs> so but here's the thing though like i just told you guys the other day that i'm canceling zoom because i want to do in-person you know recordings as much as possible so that means that we all have to move to this island Okay I'm not that. saying a downside. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Uh, but no, this is so awesome, and like I kind of want in like five to ten years for somebody to make a movie about this. Yeah. Thumbs up. Like this is like the new Guernsey potato peel and whatever sweet potato pie movie. You know what I'm talking about? No idea. <laughs> <laughs> what was it called? The Guernsey Literary and Sweet Potato Pie Society movie book. What? So Tabitha's having a fever dream. I mean, maybe. <laughs> Do we need to get you a COVID test? No, I already did that. <laughs> no, the- Guys, she's not making it up. It exists. See? The Green Literary and Potato Peel Pie Society. Boom. It is a movie from 2018. And it's a, a book. Mo- it's a book, too. It's about the island of Guernsey where they were occupied by, I don't know, Germans or something. I don't remember. And they couldn't read books. In 1946, a London-based writer begins exchanging letters with residents on the island of Guernsey, which was German-occupied during World War II. Feeling compelled to visit the island, she started to get a picture of what it was like during the occupation. You're welcome. Unrelated, but um, we need to do a trivia night 
sometime soon. Oh my god, yes. everybody yeah. keeps talking about trivia. <laughs> <laughs> it's just a thing lately. It's so, a hot topic. <laughs> um, so, Matt, you you brought up three game stories, but we're going to talk about two of them right now. We're going to save the other one for a little bit. Okay. First off, let's talk about Xbox. Uh, so Paramount is teaming up with Xbox and is delivering a custom Xbox Series S and wireless controllers inspired by the new Sonic the Hedgehog 2 movie. Um, it includes a golden portal ring, um, which will be where the like the vent is on the side of the system. It's going to have an embossed logo, textured coatings um, for like it's going to have a Sonic and Knuckles kind of like head to head at the bottom of this. And then this is where it gets weird. It just gets weird. Um, it comes with two controllers. One red, one blue, one for Knuckles, one for Sonic, obviously. But they're fuzzy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm not going to lie. I almost shared this with you <laughs> when I discovered this story earlier this week. But I wanted this reaction here live. So, <laughs> Yep. They are furry. <laughs> um, and you can win them. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can win them. They're part of a sweepstakes. Um, and there's two ways to enter. You can either retweet Xbox's official account, their sweepstakes tweet with the hashtag Xbox Sonic 2 sweepstakes. Um, and then it, for the U.S. fans, they can also redeem Microsoft rewards points in order to gain entries um, in order to win one, I think there's two systems that they've done like this, but this, the system itself looks super cool. And if you could have just stuck with red and blue controllers, it would have been a huge thumbs up, but just the extra part of the, con I, it's got to go thumbs down for the extra mile that they went with these controllers. Lydia. <laughs> So I'm just going to start by saying I'm super salty that it's Xbox and not PlayStation because, you know, since when does that make sense? <laughs> it was Sega and Nintendo and Sony. It wasn't Microsoft. So <laughs> the hell. Um, also, yeah, um, I'm just imagining like how sweaty your hands get while you're playing games Do you want and just adding can? fur to that sounds like an absolute horrible idea. Tabitha is now becoming an ostrich, burying her head. Um, so, yeah, um, put it on the correct platform, get rid of the fur, and then come talk to me. Thumbs down. You okay over there? No. <laughs> I have, like... Do you want to hold Angel? Would that help? No. <laughs> I have, like, a sensory issue that's happening without me touching something. Mm -hmm. It's making me awfully uncomfortable. Okay, I'm I'm sorry for that delay. I was too busy retweeting that to enter that contest. Um, <laughs> I use my Twitter, not the Geek Awakens Twitter. That doesn't make it any better. Um, this is really weird, and I don't know how I feel about the fuzzy. Um, I had two initial thoughts. The first one was sweat, and also, <laughs> and also like, how do you clean off the Cheeto dust? <laughs> Y'all, I will buy an Xbox if I win these controllers. I'm just letting you know that right now. I will buy one so that I can use them. Um, yeah. <laughs> Thumbs up. Uh, <laughs> Tabitha. I need to be tranquilized. 
(laughs) 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 This is awful. The sweat and like you go to the bathroom and you come back and you pick up your controller and then the bathroom germs and the the Cheeto dust and the sweat and the the Mountain Dew and the... It's gonna get all. It's gonna get all matted. You're gonna have to comb it out. Yeah. <laughs> You're welcome. Uh, just, I think I just keep thinking about like 1970s bathroom rugs. <laughs> oh, I need to take a shower. <laughs> oh my god. Oh, I'm no. sweaty. So, are we going thumbs sideways or no? <laughs> thumbs down. They uh, look like. Don't show them to me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh. So, oh god, I'm sweaty. <laughs> well, while Tabitha is calming down, um, Matt, let's uh, let's talk about Snoop Dogg. <laughs> Oh, oh Lord. He's uh, not you know what? Hold on. <laughs> Wait, who is this for? All of you bitches. <laughs> what did I do? <sighs> Universal shame. Now, is Snoop Dogg fuzzy in this story? No, That's he is not. That's what I was going to ask. <laughs> Who's that one for? That's her bitch. <laughs> oh. Uh, uh, so, Snoop Dogg. Um. Essentially, if you followed, I don't know, Snoop Dogg or video games or Call of Duty in the last probably couple of years, you probably know that Snoop Dogg is a big Call of Duty player. Um, he even voiced a character in Call of Duty Ghosts a while back. Um, but it's become such a big deal that he is going to become his own character in Call of Duty Warzone, Mobile, and Vanguard coming later this year. Um, it will be part of like a character pack, a loadout pack that you'll be able to buy. Um, he is going to be available in Warzone and Vanguard on April 20th, or I'm sorry, everybody wants it to be April 20th, which would make more sense, but it's going to be April 19th. Um, and then actually arriving on mobile on the 1st of April. So, um, I don't know. I don't play Call of Duty anymore. But I know that Snoop is a huge Call of Duty player. I think I've seen a video or two of him just like absolutely just crushing it in a match. Um, so give him his own character. Cool. Go for it. I love it. I think it's fun. Thumbs up. Lydia. So I had completely forgotten about the fact that he did a voice pack for Call of Duty Ghost mm. until you said that. But yeah, now that I'm like looking it up, I totally remember that being a thing you could buy. <laughs> and <laughs> now I'm just chuckling um but yeah good for him like if you're that big of a nerd that you get put into the game itself like major kudos to you thumbs up yeah this is this is awesome uh thumbs up way high um tabitha (sighs) are you just gonna like shave everything i say now for the rest of the night (laughs) (laughs) i'm counting both of those as you should um yeah, this is cool. I didn't make the controllers fuzzy. <laughs> uh, you looking for one of them infinity shapes this early in the year? It's only March, man. 
take a break. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna give Snoop Dogg a, a thumbs up. <laughs> so, Alex Segura's uh, latest novel is called Secret Identity, and it's set in the uh, '70s comic book industry. So, Carmen Valdez is an assistant at a struggling com- comic book company. Uh, she secretly co-creates the Lethal Links. Uh, letting a male co-worker take the credit to avoid sexist gatekeepers. Uh, but when her colleague is murdered, she must solve the murder and hold on to her creation. Uh, the novel also features panels of the fictional comic published within the book. Super thumbs up. Uh, this sounds like an intriguing story. Um, <clears throat> period pieces like this aren't always my bag it's a little bit harder for me to get really invested in them uh but this sounds really cool um also murder mysteries aren't usually my bag but like i don't know this all of this together just looks really cool and i'm kind of excited for it thumbs up tabitha yeah this sounds awesome like i love a multimedia book that makes me super happy um yeah this sounds like my jam thumbs up i like how you call it a bag and i call it a jam have you ever noticed that about us yeah, yeah, I yeah. You're a bag and I'm a jam. That checks out. <laughs> <laughs> Matt. Formulating Christmas ideas. Um, I think this sounds fun. Um, I, I like the idea that they've thrown some of the panels from this creation into the, into the book. Mm-hmm. I think that's going to play super well and should be real fun to see. So big thumbs up. Lydia. I have no idea who this dude is, but this book sounds really cool, so I'm all about it. Thumbs up. Tabitha, let's go to the Lin-Manuel Miranda News Desk. It's a very short segment on the Lin-Manuel Miranda News Desk today, but Lin was recently named one of the four celebrity co-chairs of the Met Gala. Um, The theme for this year is Gilded Glamour, so I'm anticipating like a 1920s fancy theme anyway um it the announcement makes him only the fourth uh latin host in the nearly 50 year history of the event um the rest of the celebrity co-chairs are regina king uh blake lively and ryan reynolds uh lynn was actually scheduled to co-host with emma stone and merrill in 2020 before it was canceled because you know pandemic so now he's a celebrity co-chair so i'm going to give this a thumbs up i enjoy watching people walk into the met gala it brings me joy matt yeah he should do a great job with this like he's just got a great personality in general and to be able to see him do something like this i think is going to be almost more in his element than other things that are in his element so thumbs up lydia so matt gala is not really my gig not into the whole hide like fancy <laughs> hoity-toity to-do thing but you know like good job for Lamb manuel miranda like and that's always a good thing he's awesome so thumbs up for him um tabitha and i just noticed uh y- your thing is gig yeah so i'm a musician duh well yeah i know yeah, but, but like, like bag <laughs> jam gig what you Matt? what's yours i don't know I think mm. you say your thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, f- I feel like you're a thing guy. Yeah. It's not really my thing. It feels like a, That feels like something Matt would say. Yeah. Now he's going to overthink it, guys. I am. Uh, what do you say? I don't know. <laughs> I don't. How do you word? He doesn't. No, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> On paper, because I'm very bad verbally. It's like hot sauce, but hotter. 
Well, why you think about it, um, I'm giving this a thumbs up, and I don't know if I'm... You said that he's only the fourth Latin co-chair? Okay. I'm not for sure if he's, if I'm surprised that he's only the fourth, or if I'm not surprised at all that he's only the fourth. It's, it's, it's kind of weird that I'm, I'm both, but neither. Um, it's like Schrodinger's opinion, I guess. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but no, this, definite thumbs up. <laughs> In the box, <laughs> Mitch is <laughs> Mitch is surprised. Out of the box, <laughs> Mitch is not. <laughs> Feel like I'd be surprised out of the box. Surprise, um, <laughs> Matt. <laughs> let's talk about Ghostbusters Unleashed. <laughs> are they uh, coming out of the box too? Are they fuzzy? Oh my god! <laughs> Neither. <laughs> You had to break the bell and it's all your I fault. I don't know who these are going to anymore. <laughs> Just assume it's Mitch. <laughs> oh. um, so arriving in the fourth quarter of this year is a brand new Ghostbusters game called Spirits Unleashed. Um, it's They're calling it an asymmetrical gaming experience, which at first I was really confused and I was like, what do you mean by that? But as you go through... The article, it basically explains that you are going to be playing kind of semi-online with four players controlling a team of Ghostbusters and one other player playing against you as the ghost that you are trying to capture. So, sounds kind of cool. A little bit of back and forth, you know, teamwork versus, you know, that other player trying to thwart your attempts to capture them. Um, The gameplay trailer that came with the article... Looks fairly cool. The graphics look pretty decent. They don't look super realistic, but they don't look super cartoony. Um, Ernie Hudson, I think that's right, um, and Dan Aykroyd have loaned their voices to this game. So those two characters are um, part of the game. Um, Everything had me with a thumbs up for this. until I saw the other games that this gaming company has recently done. Um, they have done Friday the 13th, the game, and Predator Hunting Grounds. Both were just awful and panned across the board. So I'm hoping Ghostbusters turns out better than their other two recent accomplishments, if you will. But I'm not betting on it, so I'm going to go thumb sideways. Probably until we get some reviews to see if it's actually decent or not. Lydia. So my first thought when you said it was like the four against one type of of game was Dead by Daylight, which is another Mm. game that is basically four people trying to survive against the one like killer slash monster person. Which I love that game. It's a lot of fun, but I cannot get any of my friends to play it with me because none of them like that style of game. <laughs> so even if I wanted to play this game, I would be on my own. Um, hearing who it's from, I have also seen slash played the Friday the 13th game, which is super janky. <laughs> um, so that makes me very nervous as to where this is going to mm-hmm. go as far as quality. It's cool that they have those guys lending their voices to this, but that sounds like about the only good point of this at this point in time. So I'm going to give it a thumb sideways. 
I want to give this a thumbs up. Um, but yeah, like the the idea of you know, tr- especially with us as adults, um, trying to coordinate with four <laughs> friends to play a game at the same time. Um, like we can't even coordinate all five of us to be you know in in a podcast every week. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I feel attacked. But uh, but no, like all kidding aside, like like we're we're all dork- adults with lives. Like that just that we're seems, all dorks. Well, that too. <laughs> we're all dorks. <laughs> um i don't know like and i and i'm assuming you don't necessarily have to play with with exactly five people but that's how that's how that's the point of it though and i just feel like that'd be kind of difficult to do um but yeah so that combined with yeah what you're saying with the other games that are that have not been that good um yeah i don't know i'm giving a thumb sideways tabitha um mostly i just had to google if Dan Aykroyd was still alive because I thought he died a really long time ago, but he's still alive. <laughs> he is. Surprise! That was, that was the other Blues Brother. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Got my celebrity deaths confused. I was. I was like, "Is Dan Aykroyd still alive?" Did I just record his voice. <laughs> he he voiced the ghost. <laughs> <laughs> my God, what is wrong with you? Thumbs down. We- <laughs> to Mitch. <laughs> I mean, we're already about forty-six minutes be- before I start editing, so like, I don't, I don't think we really have time to talk about what's wrong with me. Maybe we'd need a couch, and I would need like a notepad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I've got two couches upstairs. I also have like a box full of notebooks. So perfect. I know yeah. what we could do with our Tuesday next week. <laughs> <laughs> so, speaking of properties based off of our childhood favorites. Um, Rawson Marshall Thurber, who was the filmmaker behind Red Notice, uh, is attached to co-write and direct a live-action Voltron movie. Um, there is currently a bidding war for the rights, including Warner Brothers, Universal, and Amazon. Um, I'm scared about this. This could be really cool. It could be a dumpster fire. Um, I have to give this a thumb sideways. I, I, I would love to see it. And especially like live action. I mean, even though, hey, it's basically Power Rangers, but, um, a, a live action Voltron would be really cool, but like, it really depends on how they make Voltron and how Voltron looks, you know, more than anything. So Tabitha. And I think it also depends on who gets the property. Because at this point, like, some of them have, like, really proven themselves with CGI and the ability to, like, recreate these, like, childhood favorites and make them interesting and modern without losing the, like, fun quirkiness. But then some of them have not. And it almost feels like it's going to go the way of video game movies where it just looks... Like it's a cool idea, and you want to see, you want to see a Voltron, a, a Voltron movie, but do you want to see a Voltron movie? So I'm gonna go thumb sideways. Matt, yeah, I'm 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 in the same boat, Mitch. This could be super cool, or it could be super awful. And Voltron was Voltron before Power Rangers were Power Rangers. Like, I mean, Voltron was. I don't know that they were the original, but like, I don't know. I I remember watching this growing up as a kid. I've watched some of the reboot Netflix cartoon, which does a great job, like paying 
homage to the original, but also doing some things that are a little bit different. But again, you're right. Voltron, kind of like Sonic the Hedgehog when they did the movie, like Voltron has a very specific look for Voltron and for the the the, the cats. Mm-hmm. Um, and that has to be done right. Because if you you mess with it too much and it's just going to look it's going to look janky. Yeah. Um, so I'm going to go thumb sideways until we get more. Lydia. So I'm just imagining like a cross between the jankiest of Power Ranger movies that you can imagine and one of the trillion Transformer movies that exist. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm just super scared that it's just going to go really horribly wrong. I don't think I want a live action one. Just leave it as a cartoon and let it be. Thumbs down. Oh, God. Now you got me scared that the Voltron movie is going to be directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Then it's going to have Michael Bay noise every time Voltron is on screen. But that almost would work. That's because it worked for the Transformers movies. <laughs> it's the same thing. <laughs> Anyway, um, Tabitha, you've got some Tolkien news. I do. Um, The estate for Tolkien has released a new website that includes paintings and illustrations from Tolkien that were not previously available to the public. Um, They can be browsed for free online. There's paintings and maps and calligraphy. Um, It also includes letters, video clips, uh, photographs. There's some like short... Like, almost like mini documentary question things. I poked around the website a little bit. Um, The maps that are included are from, like, really broad maps of Middle Earth uh, to ones that have, like, a super narrow focus, like the Shire and even, like, some houses and some, like, very specific locations that we haven't seen before. There's a really, really cool one of the Shire that actually shows, like, where the house... Because, like, typically when you look at a map of the Shire that's been previously released, it has, like, the square and a couple of homes. Like, this map has, like, all of it, and it's it's really pretty to look at. Almost disappointing that it's not completed and wasn't put into any of their original material. But it's, it's fun to poke around on. The website, and there's also, like, like you can navigate. So, like, if you pull up a map, you click on, like, oh, I want to look at more maps that are in Rivendell. And you can click on Rivendell, and then it'll pull up more. Like, there's specific, like, there's an Elrond's house map on there that's huh. super cool. And it's, like, the inside, and, it like, almost like it's looking through the window. Into, it's it's They're beautiful. Like, you just wish they had been included, but I'm glad they've been released now. So I'm giving it a thumbs up. Matt. Uh, this is fantastic. I could spend hours staring around at these maps, so thumbs up. Lydia. This sounds wonderful, and I want to go look at all this right now. Also, we need to, uh, you know, save up the Geek Awakens funds and just take a trip to New Zealand and stay in the Airbnb hobbit holes that they have, and okay. yeah, that's, that's all cool. I'm going to say about that, so thumbs up. Maybe we can get a sponsorship. Yeah. Yeah, I like this. I like this idea. Um, but no, this, this sounds awesome. Um... I haven't had a chance to to look at the website, but I will probably do that tonight instead of edit. <laughs> Thumbs up. <laughs> so, Entertainment Weekly uh, talked to Ewan McGregor, uh, star of the upcoming Disney Plus series, Obi-Wan, uh, and asked him if he ever waves his hands like he's a Jedi. And he said that he does it with doors. Uh, he... <laughs> He said that he likes to do that with automatic doors uh, just for his own amusement. 
Uh, he also did admit that he has been caught doing it. <laughs> uh, <laughs> thumbs up. That is awesome that he is just as much of a geek as us. Also, I have pro- I'm sure A, I've done the same thing, and B, have been caught doing the same thing. Uh, but yeah, thumbs up, Tabitha. I try to pick things up at the house with the force all the time, and it never works, so it ends up having to be Matt. But <laughs> I'll stretch for something. The force isn't strong today. Can you please hand me the TV remote? Um, I love Uber. Like this is This is fabulous. This makes my heart happy. Thumbs up. Matt. Yeah, this just proves he's as big of a nerd as we are, and I love that. Thumbs up. Lydia. I love actors that are as big a nerds as the people that are fans of them. <laughs> and yeah, I it may not have been like necessarily Star Wars related, but I've definitely done something like this throughout my life, mm-hmm. and maybe more recently than I want to admit. Um, <laughs> thumbs up. Be a dork, dude. Like, you're great. <laughs> All right, so we have three stories left. Uh, two for gut reaction. And they are all food stories, so, you know. This could go one of two ways. Um, especially that last story. Um, we're going to start tonight with Matt and... Oh, I'm sorry, Tabitha. Um, with a new menu item at Disneyland? Ooh, okay. So Disneyland has taken peanut butter and jelly and turned it into a dessert pasta. Right. Uh-huh. So it's called the Peanut Butter and Jelly Mac, and it's one of the limited time offerings at Disney California Adventure Food and Wine Festival, which started on March 4th and is running through April 26th. So there's still time. If we decide to fly to California to have this. It is pasta covered in peanut butter, topped with strawberry jelly, brown sugar streusel, and strawberry crackle. And by strawberry crackle, I mean strawberry pop rocks. So it is peanut butter pasta, and then your sauce is strawberry jelly. Some brown sugar streusel is your meatballs. And then you got your Parmesan cheese of your strawberry pop rocks. And I know this would murder Matt because strawberries. Mm -hmm. But there's a weird part of me that kind of wants to try it. Yeah, it's oddly intriguing, despite the possible death factor. Yeah, I'm going to go thumbs sideways. Because I would probably put it in my mouth and like immediately vomit, because it would probably (laughs) freak me out. But it might be worth it. (laughs) Are are we still talking about the pasta? Yeah. Uh, (laughs) Wow. Zing. Um, (laughs) Matt, before... (laughs) Before we get your answer, uh, I don't want to kill you. So we are swapping out the strawberry jelly uh, for grape jelly and also grape pop rocks. I'm sure that's a flavor. There's probably no actual strawberry and strawberry pop rocks. Yeah, No, but if you're going to go with strawberry jelly or you're going to go with grape jelly, then why would you go with strawberry pop rocks? You got to just match that. I'm fine. Okay. I'm just saying. <laughs> Create your I mean- imaginary food however you want. <laughs> I mean, with the swap, yeah, I I would probably give this a try as long as this isn't like a $25 plate. But It's, it's Disney. Right, exactly. It's actually, for like a fairly large portion, it's $9.99. I don't need a fairly large portion. I need like a trial size. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but it's just still very weird, so I'm going to still go thumb sideways. Lydia. I'm 
torn because like on the surface it sounds disgusting because just like pasta and peanut butter but then you break it down it's like well if you do like peanut butter and jelly and sandwich you're still getting basically like a carb, a carb, and, and, yeah. a car- and the peanut butter. So I mean, I guess overall, it's not that much different. Your carb is just in a different shape. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I would probably try it, but only if like there was people there splitting this ten dollar cost with me to try it, because I'm not going to spend ten bucks on a bowl just for myself. So thumbs sideways. <laughs> I mean, I could also make some. Make this is true. It. I mean, we I do need yeah. to start that because mm-hmm. there's been several things now that we've been like, we can make this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Almost word for word, what Lydia just said, like when you first described it, like when you first said peanut butter and jelly Mac, I was repulsed. And then before, even before you actually started breaking it down, like I was thinking about it. And I was like, I don't know. This, this, yeah, this might be interesting. Um, yeah. Like, I can make this way cheaper. Like, not only are we paying, not paying $10 for a bowl of it, but we're also not flying to California. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, like, I'm, I'm intrigued by this enough to, I think I'm going to go, go all the way and go thumbs up on it. So, okay. Um, Matt, let's talk about Szechuan sauce again for the fourth time. Oh, here's it. Yep. <laughs> it's kind of like how Futurama keeps coming back. So does the Szechuan sauce. Um, Starting March 31st, for a limited time only, while supplies last, for just a few days, all of the possible disclaimers you could possibly think of, um, Szechuan sauce is coming back to McDonald's, um, but it's also only available via the app. You have to order your chicken nuggets with the app, and you can select the Szechuan sauce as your dipping choice. Um... If you are so inclined, you can buy up to five more a la carte, again, via the app. Um, They have some fancy gold packaging, and if you get all five of them, it's like trading cards. You can spell Szechuan. Um, I I don't understand the insane fascination with this. I, I don't ever remember tasting this sauce, but it can't be that good. I don't know. Is it just a just a Rick and Morty marketing thing? Is that why people are so enthralled by this? I don't know. Um, I'm going to give McDonald's credit for kind of trying to limit the craziness so that there aren't riots like there were last time. Um, so thumbs up for them for trying to, I don't know, cut down on the mayhem before it happens. Um, but thumbs down for all the crazy people that want this sauce so stinking bad. Lydia. Yeah, so this ended poorly the last time that they tried this. I see this ending poorly this time that they try this, even with the inclusion of the app-only option. That said, I work right down the road from McDonald's, and I use the app all the time to get food on my lunch break, so I'm totally going to try to to get some sauce, just (laughs) to say that I tried it, because I don't think I have ever had it. Either the last time that they did this or, you know, the original time this came out back when Mulan was released. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to do it just for that. But it's probably going to be sold out in like the first 10 minutes of them doing this. <laughs> so, um, I mean, thumbs up for them attempting to curb the insanity, but thumbs down for the fact that they're going to cause insanity anyway by doing this in the first place. 
I don't know that they're doing this to curb down the insanity as much as they are like doing it as a ploy to get more people to download their app. Mm. Um, Fair enough. I understood them bringing it back the first time. It was more timely. Granted, I haven't. I, I, I'm not really a Mick, Rick and Morty watcher. Um, so I don't know if the sauce has been mentioned recently or anything like that. But I understand why they brought it back last time. Um, I don't get why they're bringing it back again. Um, do people still care? Do people still talk about Szechuan sauce online? Um, Probably. Pr- yeah, Probably. Maybe. I don't know. But uh, but yeah, like this, all of this all sounds like bad marketing. Um, I'm not here for it this time. Thumbs all the way down, Tabitha. Well, didn't they figure out that Szechuan sauce from McDonald's is if you buy the sweet and sour packet, you take it home, you put a drop of sesame oil in it, you mix it up, and you put like two dashes of soy sauce, and it's the same taste. Maybe. Like somebody like figured it out. Like they figure out how to make the McDonald's. So if you're like wanting it for the flavor. Make it yourself. Make it yourself. But like I remember, people are lazy. That's I why they know. go to McDonald's. I know. <clears throat> I know. Um, I remember when this came out with Mulan, and I remember putting it in, on my chicken nuggets because I remember thinking it was cool because it came out with Mulan and they had the little, I had the little Mushu little, little toy. <laughs> so there's like some nostalgia built in there for me, but like I need people to chill it's like you remember when people were like crazy about collecting the mcdonald's like beanie babies mm-hmm. it's like that but now it's sauce it's gonna go bad like it's weird <laughs> stop collecting shit from mcdonald's it's bizarre i don't get it thumbs, are we still doing thumbs thumbs down <laughs> so you mentioned the mushu toy and now i just miss my cricky toy well maybe we can buy you a new diamond ring to make up for that <laughs> I'm perfectly fine with the one I've got, thanks. But the one you've got doesn't ha- is it made of ranch? Thankfully, no. <laughs> However, Hidden Valley <laughs> has just auctioned off a diamond ring made from ranch. <laughs> um, I will tell you, <laughs> the ring so did well. sell on eBay for ready twelve thousand five hundred dollars. And that was the winning bid out of 79 offers. Um, All 79 from the Midwest. Oh, I guarantee. Yeah. 100%. Well, isn't Hidden 100%. Valley a Midwest thing anyway? No, it's actually just, a Texas thing. Oh. That checks I'm thinking out. Prairie Farms. <laughs> Never mind. Don't ignore me. <laughs> <laughs> the two-carat round brilliant cut diamond was expertly created by a professional diamond maker in a lab by heating Hidden Valley Ranch seasoning up to 2,500 degrees and then crushing the output beneath 400 tons of pressure, taking five months total to create. After being polished to perfection, the eye-catching diamond was then set into a 14-carat white gold band with HVR LVR engraved on the inside. I'm just going to come out and say someone had way too much time and money on their hands and way too much ranch, apparently. I do have good news. Um, The proceeds from the sale will help feed those in need because the entire $12,500 is going to Feeding America. Hey, all right. So it was for a good cause, but now there's a diamond floating. Like I just want to know in like 100 years. Someone's <laughs> grandchild brings that into a jewelry store and is like, can you tell me what this diamond is worth? And they're like, why is there ranch in here? <laughs> like, 
like how do you how do you explain that to someone who thinks they've got like a like their family heirloom is this brilliant diamond and then they're like I don't know how to tell you this man but this is made of ranch powder you like might, you might as well just dip your chicken nugget in it well, right <laughs> here's the other thing like is it going to last is it going to Under stay that a much? diamond or is it going to like be like actual food and over time it's going to rot and decay and <laughs> well it's just- we made it out of the powder. So the powder won't decay, and they created it under 400 pounds of pressure, and then they polished it, which is enough to keep it going. I would say it's probably, like, sapphire strength if I was making a, like, really good guess. It's not like opal. It's not going to, like, disintegrate the second you bump it into something, but it's not going to be diamond hard either. There's just no way. So... My guess is somewhere between like sapphire and really thick glass. Did they polish it with ranch dressing? I'm hoping not. I mean, it's actually a really pretty stone, which upsets me because it's got like a really kind of fun blue hue to it. (laughs) (laughs) And like, I wouldn't pay $12,500 for it. But if you were like, this is a blue diamond, I'd be like, oh, it's so shiny. Like, (laughs) does it smell like ranch? It couldn't possibly. Not after that much pressure. Does your finger smell like ranch after wearing it for a while? I hope not. You gonna lick it if you need a snack? It okay. So (laughs) is it salty? (laughs) My guess is that if it's if you get beyond the polished layer, it's probably got a salt taste to it. Yeah, there's no way it wouldn't. It's it's made from that. Like there's no way it wouldn't. Like it's not. You can't. You. (laughs) How many licks does it take to get to the surface? That was for you, Lydia. <laughs> I figured. <laughs> oh, my goodness. <sighs> so are we going to start making suckers with, like, a ranch center? Well, I made a mistake, and I Googled ranch ring to try to pull up the ring to show you guys a picture of it. And somehow I found this ring <laughs> with a rotisserie chicken on it. <laughs> That's not Hidden Valley. That's KFC. I don't know what happened. Still not sponsored. (laughs) It's a pretty stone. I don't know, man. That's what she said. This is so pretty. I just want to look at it. I want to look at it under a microscope. Can you see like the little like little flecks of pepper? Yes. (laughs) (laughs) No, probably not. Not after four hundred pounds of pressure. How many people had to say, oh. yes, this is a good idea? <laughs> so looking on the internet, they used Life Gym, uh, which actually, okay, so Life Gym actually makes stones out of things that you can't make stones out of. So this is probably not going to, to disintegrate and it probably will have diamond strength because they also make um, diamonds, quote unquote, from hair or cremated ashes. That's what Life Gym does. Oh. So they got a day off from dead bodies and got to spend it with Hidden Valley Ranch. <laughs> what do you do if someone proposes to you with a ring of Hidden Valley Ranch? I mean, you all know how much I find ranch disgusting. So, right. like, I mean, you'd be disappointed, but what if you were like a Midwesterner? I mean, I am Midwesterner. Right, a, mid- <laughs> a Midwesterner who was like, oh my God, I put ranch on everything, and you're. Significant other got down on one knee, popped open the box, and you were like, why does it say HDRLVR on the inside? And they were like, it's actually made of ranch. Like, would you be like, oh my God! 
that? Or would you be like, oh, my God? I mean, if I was obsessed with ranch, I think that I, yeah, I think that'd be like, oh, my God. <laughs> you know me so well. <laughs> but because you're not, you would be disappointed. Yeah. Okay, I'd be like, oh, my God, you know me so well <laughs> I mean as long as I don't take five minutes to two hours to say yes I guess it's <laughs> cheers cheers Lydia <laughs> I don't know I don't want a ranch ring no well that's gonna be really awkward when Matt tells you what he spent $12,500 on <laughs> we gonna need to talk <laughs> we gonna need to take that back he spent it on Sonic and Knuckles controllers. <laughs> I just stopped thinking about it, you bastard. <laughs> and on that note, <laughs> that is all the time we have for this episode of Geek Awakens. Uh, we'll be back next time, but uh, be sure to check us out on social media. Uh, tell us what cool stuff we're missing out on. Uh, any questions, comments, or concerns, then shoot us an email at thegeekawakenspodcast at gmail.com. From all of us at the Geek Awakens, thanks for listening, and we hope to catch you next time. Everybody, say fuzzy controllers. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs>